Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 348, and welcome back. Welcome back to my front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. I hope you're doing good. Wherever you are, whatever time of day that you are listening to this podcast, I hope that you are um, that it's a good one. Hope you're doing really good. I'm out here on the front porch, just loving these uh, Phoenix nights. Like it's finally chilled out. So usually, and what happens in Phoenix is there's a certain tipping point, and the tipping point comes when at nighttime it's not 100 degrees, uh, and uh, so now it's like. 80 degrees, not bad. In the mornings, it's like 70 degrees. And it's just like, oh, we know. It's what all the Phoenicians have been waiting for all summer long. Like, glorious weather is on the way. Now, it's not here because it's still 103 during the day. But it's at night and in the morning that we're like some relief. We just want some relief. And just being back here on the front porch, allowing that to be another consistent part of my rhythm has just been like pretty life-giving for me. And so um, I know I always say this, but I, I do think it's important. It is why I say pick a spot, find a spot, make it your sanctuary. Like this front porch for me is my sanctuary. It is the place I go to to process through things. It's the place where I, I really honestly feel like I meet God. Um, not that I can't do that at work or other places. I just may probably hear clearer here. There's This is like a, a restful place for me. Um, and, and it's a place built of, of anticipation. Like I legitimately wake up every morning and I'm not even kidding. And I just get excited to get out here. There's so many different things going on. There's birds. There's, I mean, the other day I posted something like about a sun, a sunrise that I caught. I mean, it was like, it was like the sky was on fire. And if you're not an early, early morning person, <laughs> you miss out on awesome stuff like that. I think I always feel bad. Like people who sleep in until like eight or nine, I'm like, you miss out on so many awesome things. So anyway, the 530 club, come on, who's with me? And most of you are like, not me, bro. Uh, but I, uh, I really love to be uh, back here. It's been awesome to be back here on the front porch and just getting back into that routine. Um, hey, just want to say to all of you who continue to listen, uh, podcast after podcast, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And then there's a bunch of you who continue to give. Thank you. Um, it really does mean a lot to me. So thank you. All right. Our passage for today, 1 Samuel 16, 7, 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him for the Lord Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. I read it again. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Uh, I believe I've told this story before. I'm not sure if I have, but... Um, I, one of the kids that was like pretty, one of the moments I would say that one of the most transformational moments of my life was a kid. Um, I was in, uh, let's see, I was in Bible college. Penny and I had just been married not too long and I was in a season of real rebellion. 
um, where I was lying to Patty. I was kind of living my own little life. And I had this thing inside of my head of like, you know, I got to get this all out of my system because I think Patty had was just pregnant and I was feeling like, oh my gosh, you know. And so, you know, I was just lying, kind of living my own life. And, and, um, and so, and while often kind of awesome, also, I was just kind of faking it, you know, kind of faking it um, at college, kind of faking it honestly as a husband and then faking it at the church that I was doing my internship was. And it was a huge youth group, junior high group, and this kid named AJ. Um, this kid named AJ was a totally normal kid. And then one day, you know, he just like woke up and his body went completely kind of haywire and he wasn't able to kind of walk and talk. And so we all loved him and in the youth group and, and, um, and then one day I'm, you know, in the back of the room, kind of in my rebellion and I watch AJ like during worship and he like lifts his arms. He's like lifting his arms. He's got him rested kind of on his wheelchair and he's praising God. And I can see him like mouthing the words and he would make noises like you couldn't really hear that. And it crushed me like it literally leveled me. And I went, if this kid can worship the Lord, what's I mean, kind of had this like face-to-face wake up convicting moment like what's your deal dude and God used AJ I drove home that night told my wife what all that I had been doing and repented to her and I just thought like that one this kid never knew never knew the the impact that he made on my life and and to be honest um no one would look at this kid and go like oh this guy he makes all the difference in the world but in my life he did God used him. And I think we are so, I think what what the Lord is bringing out here is a very human thing. Because what's happening in the context of the passage is, you know, kind of God's kind of turned his back on Saul because Saul's turned his back on God. Um, God is now looking to anoint the next king of Israel. And so, Samuel kind of rolls in to Jesse's son. Jesse's got these sons, and, and of course, the oldest comes out, and he's got this beautiful stature. He's, he's strong. He's powerful. He's the firstborn type of thing. And he's kind of like, you can almost like, in the context of the passage, almost like have Samuel like look in the Lord like, this is your dude, right? Like, he's solid. But we forget that that's the very problem we got ourselves into in the beginning, because that's Saul. Like, all the people love Saul because he looked a certain way. He was like a handsome guy, like super strong. And God's like, I'm not interested in that. That's not what I'm looking for. It's not what I'm looking for. And I, I think this is such a human problem for so many of us. And we assume, like we assume or presume on God that this is how he is. And he's not. And he once again is reminding us what he really cares about and what he's all about. And I think this goes, the interesting thing about this, like it goes both ways. It goes one, what about me? And then what about my perception to those around me? And I actually think we have quite a, uh, I think we have a real problem, a perception problem that we assume because, you know, in church world, because somebody has a nice house or they have a nice car or it seems like their life's all put together, that they're like, quote unquote, blessed by God. You know, I, I get I get I get riled up on this whole hashtag blessed thing, you know, and I remember in the I remember being in like a, a like a, 
a Bible study or something when Cooper was sick. And I remember all these guys are like, and they're all going around and they're talking about how blessed they are and how blessed they are and how blessed they are. And here I am going through just honestly one of the more pain, one of the more painful seasons of my life with Cooper in the hospital with cancer. And yet God was revealing himself to me in a way that, I mean, I can't quite, quite unpack. Like I was seeing, it felt like I was seeing God again for the first time through brokenness, through weakness. I was finding real joy and real peace. And it was in the context of this just like very, very difficult season of my life. And these guys were all going around going blessed because it was like, everything's working out for them. And I was like, Hey, time out question on this one. But I was like, this is such a human problem. It's such a human thing. We assume that just because a person has all these things or just because they're in a position of power that somehow God's like, I chose that guy or I'm all about that guy. When in reality, a lot of those people could have forced themselves into those positions. We just don't know. Because here's what's being brought out. He looks at the heart. So that's both on the external. On the internal, the question then comes, well, he's, he's looking at you. He's looking at me. That's what he's evaluating. Like one of my favorite passages, I just love it so much, is David coming before the Lord. In Psalm, I believe it's in Psalms 139. Search me. Know me. I mean, listen to how intentional these words are. Know my heart. See that there's any unclean way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Like this is David going like, look, I'm the king. I got stuff going on, but here's the thing. I know that the Lord looks on the inside. He's looking to my intentions, what I value. And so we have this interesting dilemma as human beings is one, we're all searching around this world, looking around going, who is God blessing? Who is God blessing? Who's blessed, 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 blessed. And typically, we have it wrong. <laughs> typically, we have that wrong. Like, no one's looking at this kid, AJ, who, who transformed my life. God used him powerfully to transform my life. We're not looking at that guy and go, God's using that dude. God's using that dude. No, no, no. What's, God must have done something. This kid must have done something. God wouldn't do that, right? No, no, God's using him powerfully because he's looking at the interior of this child's life who like lifts his hands and worship in the midst of his suffering. Holy cow. God's like, I'm all in on that. I'm all in on this widow's might. When everyone looks at this poor woman, oh, she has nothing. Oh, no, she has everything. Jesus is like, no, 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 check this out. She's got everything going on. And what I find with so many people and with myself included, always included, is that there's a deep level of insecurity internally, externally, based upon what we perceive about others and ourselves. And we should be deeply, 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 honestly convicted by this passage of what the Lord really values because we don't value it that way. We don't value it the way the Lord looks. And I think it's why a lot of times like I get real cheesed when I when I see the way that people treat people who feel like lower on the on the like social social ladder. Like they don't matter. You know, in the work we do, like we spend a lot of time trying to go like I wonder how the admins are doing. I wonder how the janitors are are at cuz they matter. 
What about the volunteers of these local churches? They, they like matter. Like, yeah, sure. They're not the senior pastor or on the executive team. And I'm guilty of all of this stuff. No, but they matter. They matter to the Lord. And the Lord is looking at their hearts and he cares for them and he loves them. So, so many of us have this perception problem. We're walking around this world perceiving who God digs and who God doesn't dig. And we don't get to do that. That's for God to decide. But the bigger thing that I think it exposes in us is we're so distracted on the outside that we don't evaluate the inside. And the inside goes like this. Am I a person of integrity? And I, am I a man or a woman that's pursuing after the heart of God? Matthew 6 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Is that the posture of my heart? I want the Lord's way. I want his will. Or am I so wrapped up into, oh, I got to get this job. I got to get this raise. I got to have drive this car. I got, why? And we feel this insecurity about what we don't have. No, stop. Like he wants your heart. That's what he's evaluating. That's what he's looking at. So are you like David? Like search me, know me. Evaluate my motives. Like David, all throughout the Psalms, man, I'm back in the Psalms again, and I just can't get over this reoccurring theme of like internal, look inside, evaluate me, Lord, on what I do and how I act. So God, like, are we asking God to do the same to us? Are we just asking him to bless these very peripheral things? Instead of going like, no, 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 it's what's inside. Because he's saying to Samuel something that you and I need to hear. What does the Lord value? What does the Lord value? What does the Lord look like? The Lord looks on the heart. He doesn't care about what our culture says about who's in and who's out. He evaluates us based upon an internal reality that's connected to him and his spirit that's leading and is guiding us. And if we just remember Jesus, if you just think about Jesus, he wasn't welcome in his own town. He was known as like a vagabond. He was known as a friend of sinners, a drunk, that's how the society saw him. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And they murdered him because he didn't turn out the way they wanted. All of his friends left him, abandoned him because he didn't work out the way they thought. He didn't look the way they wanted him to look. May we be aware that that very reality lives inside of us because the Lord looks for interior integrity. That is what he is looking for. And so the question is this, is your interior life the most important life to you? Is your interior life the most important life to you? Lord, we pray this every time we need your help. We need you to lead and guide us through your spirit. Convict our hearts of where we become so outwardly focused that we can't see what you see. We can't evaluate what you evaluate. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.